Well, I look out, I see a lot of familiar faces, and it's nice to see you, and it's just a real uh, honor to be here, especially on Reformation Sunday. And um, I'm probably going to be preaching to the choir today as I just to tell a very, share a very basic message, the Reformation message that Martin Luther rediscovered. It was in the scriptures, but it got covered up, and, and Luther rediscovered it. Uh, I came across this quotation recently from uh, the late John Stott, and I'd like to begin with this. He wrote, just when the world is becoming more aware of its need, the church is becoming less sure of its mission. And the major reason for the diminishing Christian mission is the diminishing confidence in the Christian message. Well, I pray that wouldn't be true for us, but there is a diminishing confidence amongst many Christians in the gospel that we have to proclaim, a gospel you get to hear weekly as your pastor shares it with you. And uh, the Reformation message uh, on this day, it is October 31st, which is perfect, that is Reformation Day, is really a very simple message of God's goodness and God's grace. And so what I'd like to do this morning is present a very simple gospel message based on what Martin Luther believed everybody should know. In fact, he used a medical analogy one time, and so that's what I'm going to use this morning to talk about um, the message that Luther rediscovered or uncovered. And I'm going to start this way. There are three things, he said there are three things necessary for salvation. First one is this, you must know what your sickness is. Second of all, you must know what medicine will cure you. And thirdly, you must desire and seek the medicine and have it brought to you. So let me start with the, the first one there. You must know what your sickness is. There is a sickness that has infected every single human being since the fall of Adam and Eve. The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard called this the sickness unto death. The sickness unto death affects all of us and it has eternal consequences. The sickness is called sin. I'd like you to look at that word sin for a moment or think about that word and realize that in the middle of it, it's only three letters long, in the middle of it is an I. And that's where sin is. It's the, as Luther talked about, it's the I turned inward upon ourselves. I want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't even care what God thinks. That's at the very root of sin. In Romans, as we just heard read, Paul wrote, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That word all, I think, is rather inclusive, isn't it? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As we all know, there's been a tremendous scare the last 20-plus months around COVID, and millions of people have been diagnosed with COVID, but certainly not everyone. Unlike COVID, which has not infected everyone, the sickness of sin affects every human being who's ever lived. There's no vaccination to keep us from experiencing sin. Fortunately, as we'll talk about a little bit, there is a cure for sin. And we know this about sin. Sin destroys relationships between family members, neighbors, churches, and nations. It causes wrong desires, temptations, unethical behavior, me-centeredness, and the misuse of the good things that God has given for us to use. It causes disharmony and unrest within ourselves. And most damaging of all, sin separates us from our Creator who loves us. The diagnosis of this human condition called sin is not a popular one. 
It seems too negative today. In today's world, it appears to be too judgmental or too old-fashioned. Some are offended at even the suggestion of sin. A number of years ago, I was on an airplane and got talking to my seatmate, uh, this wonderful woman, and we were talking, and uh, she found out I was a pastor, so the conversation turns, you know, <laughs> takes a turn, as Clayton knows. And uh, somehow the topic of sin came up, and she says, oh, I don't believe in sin. I don't believe in it. Well, that was interesting, interesting concept. Thought maybe that's the modern mind. It's too negative, whatever. But just like any bad news that we might hear, the human, ability, the human heart and mind has the ability to deny that which is real and to deny sin. I understand that because denial is a way to protect ourselves. But unfortunately, denial does not help us or protect us. Many people think that all's well. They're happy. Things, life's going well. They have enough provisions. They have good relationships. And the suggestion that there's an illness called sin seems kind of irrelevant. What do I need to know about that? Life's going good. Yet underneath, I think all people know that not all is well, especially not all well in the world, nor themselves. And there is a longing for something more. A friend of mine, Pastor John Cross, some of you here have met John years ago. Recently, he shared an email that, that he, had, he reads, writes a blog, and he shared an email of a, something he received from a, a woman who wrote, John, as I get older, I become increasingly interested in the hereafter. Some of my friends are asking, does heaven really exist? Many folks my age have discovered material things don't bring happiness. We are searching for something deeper to put our faith in. At least I am. I want to have the strength and the focus to do something with my life. I think of heaven, but want to make the best of the years that I have now. Does this make any sense? I constantly am seeking hope and happiness, and I guess that's why I'm writing to you. Well, I think she is expressing something I think the human heart can relate to. She's looking for something more to this life, and she's looking beyond this life. She is looking for salvation. And she's honest enough about her condition to realize that, uh, that not all is well. And she's hoping there's a cure for her longing. Well, the problem with sin is that without a cure, we will die in our sin and never know reconciliation with God, which is at the very root of our longing. Some of you have heard this story before. A pastor was on an airplane and again was talking to a seatmate and the topic turned to the Christian faith. And the pastor, after he listened, he listened to this man talk for a while, said to this man, are you planning on going to heaven? And the man said, of course I'm planning on going to heaven. And then the pastor asked this question, how are you planning on getting there? Good question. And of course he said, well, I, you know, I, I'm a good guy, you know, I... You know, I try to be honest, and you know, I coach my son's little league team, and I, you know, I you try to be ethical. Yeah, I'm not perfect, he said. I've made mistakes along the way, but that's how I think I'm going to get to heaven. And so the pastor said, let me just draw a little diagram here for you and, and uh, to have you answer a question. So he took out the napkin that was on the plane there, and he drew a line down, and he put some lines across it, and he went one, two, three, four, all the way to ten, ten being the highest, and one being the lowest. And then he put the top of it, moral perfection. (laughs) 
He said, I want to have you put your mark here on this, this graft. Are you a one or a 10 or somewhere in between? Oh, but before I give this pen to you, let me ask you a question. Who are some of the most devout Christians in our world that you can think of right now? And the man said, well, Mother Teresa? Oh, he said, that's, that's, that's a good one. Mother Teresa, boy, he said, I've never, pastors, I've never had a chance to meet her, but, uh, you know, I, that's wonderful. I, 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 think, I think if Mother Teresa were to answer this graph, I think she put her mark probably down here somewhere. He goes, who else do you think? He goes, well, Billy Graham. Oh, Billy, that's great. And the pastor said, I actually had a chance to meet Billy Graham one time. And he's a very humble man, a great pastor. And I think he'd probably put his ex maybe below Mother Teresa. And the pastor said, you know, I've been a pastor 30 years for 30 years, and I'm certainly not a Billy Graham. I'm going to put my ex down here. Now, here's the pen. Will you put your ex in this graph? <laughs> and then he was able to share with the man. It's not by our good works, our perfection, because we fall far short, and the Bible says all have sinned. It's only in relationship with Jesus Christ. But here's what happens. What we often do is we compare ourselves against others. And we can always find somebody worse than we are, right? Or at least we think they're worse than we are. They're not, but we think they are. Or, or we compare ourselves to a different standard. But most, most of the time we like to compare ourselves to others. However, we compare ourselves to God's standards, God's holiness, then we've got a problem. And you see, that's what Martin Luther did. And I'll talk about that in a moment. Martin Luther wasn't comparing himself against others. Martin Luther knew that God was a righteous God and a holy God and demanded that we be righteous. And when Luther compared himself against that standard, he knew he was in deep trouble, deep trouble. So here's what we need to know. You must know what medicine will cure you of this illness called sin. If your illness is pneumonia... It does no good to take heart medicine, does it? If your illness is a toothache, it doesn't help to take medicine for arthritis. Because our illness is sin, we must know and we must receive the correct medicine. And the medicine we need is the grace of God given to us through faith in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that we all have sinned then he follows that statement with these words. Sure. Nope, I'm way behind here. Here we go. <laughs> here are the words. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective, get this, effective through faith. God has a cure for our illness. Jesus' death on our behalf is a medicine that atones for our sin. Do we, deserve, do we deserve it? No. It is by grace. Oh, God's good grace. We can't heal our relationship with God, but you know what? That doesn't stop us from trying. In Luther's day, the church of Rome encouraged people to do all kinds of good works and spiritual disciplines and even purchase indulgences in order they might get into a right relationship with God. 
And so Martin Luther, who was a monk at the time, he tried all those things. And monks were required to fast and pray, confess their sins, give money to the poor, and to even go out and beg. And so we know from Luther's story, he did more than any of the others. So if he were to compare himself with others, he, he out-monked all the other monks, okay? In fact, later in life, he fasted so much he had stomach problems because of that. But he found no peace. And here's what he wrote later once he did find peace. He said, bathed and baptized in my monkery. <laughs> oh, let me get that quote up here. I had reason to sweat, for I did not know Christ other than as a severe judge from whom I desperately wished to flee, but from whom I was never able to escape. You see, Martin Luther tried all the things he thought he should do to relieve himself of spiritual suffering, and he was suffering tremendously, trying to find God's grace or a gracious God. But the more he did, the more it intensified his suffering. And he was especially troubled by these words he found in the scriptures, the righteousness of God. See, he understood that that term, the righteousness of God, meant that God is righteous and that God demanded that we also be unrighteous, but instead we are unrighteous. And recognizing that he was unrighteous, he felt himself to be trapped in this cycle of trying to please God and falling short, then trying to please God, then once again falling short. He thought he had created all himself until he discovered the gospel. You see, Luther was professor of the Bible at the University in Wittenberg, and he read the Bible over and over again. He knew the scriptures clearly, but he was blinded. And then one day, the Holy Spirit opened his eyes and gave him an insight that changed his life. It happened when he read these words from the Apostle Paul. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith, for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous shall live by faith. These words, the righteousness of God, which always troubled him, were suddenly revealed to Luther that they are a gift that God wants to give us as we trust him, as we look to Jesus in faith. Suddenly, Luther understood that rather than condemning the sinner, God wills, and this is so important, God wills to forgive the sinner. That's what God wants to do. By faith in Christ alone, Christ gives to us a righteousness that is not our own. And Martin Luther said when he realized that, he felt like he was born again and entered the gates of paradise. The burden that he'd been carrying had been lifted from his shoulders, and now for the first time, he experienced true Christian joy. Luther had been tyrannized by the question, have I done enough? Now knew that Christ had done it all for him. He hadn't done it. Christ had done it for him. And I know there are many people, even Christians, who are hoping that they've done enough. And they need to hear that simple, wonderful gospel message. It has been done by Christ, and we trust him, and he gives to us his grace. Well, the most common attempt that people have is to try to do good works, and I appreciated Pastor Clayton earlier today as you're announcing all the wonderful things this church is doing. You're not doing it to earn points with God. You're doing it because of the gospel. Everything flows out of that. And that's what we need to realize, that we do fall short, but God is gracious and merciful, has forgiven us. And so we respond to him with grace, with grace to others and in good works. 
Here's another quotation from Luther. If salvation could be attained only by working hard, then surely horses and donkeys would be in heaven. (laughs) I love that one. It's only the Christian who can say, I can never do enough, but because of what Jesus did for me, I am without blemish or stain in his sight. It is grace received through faith that is the medicine that cures us of our sin. Peter wrote these words, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. This is grace. It's what we need to be healed. It's the only cure for infirmity of sin. And when we receive that grace, we are transformed instantly. Not by what we've done ourselves, but by what God has done for us through his son Jesus on the cross. Again, hear from Peter. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. Christ did it for us, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring us to God. And here's Martin Luther once again. God takes our sin, guilt, remorse, pride, and all the rest, and gives us grace, mercy, peace, cleanliness as the divine exchange. Some of you are familiar with Nikki Gumbel and the Alpha Course. And Nikki Gumbel, who teaches Alpha Course, has, in one of his lectures, he has this illustration where he holds, he has, puts his two hands up. He goes, in this hand, he's holding a, a book. He says, in this hand, imagine all my sins I've ever committed, thought, word, deed, are in this book. And in this hand, is Jesus Christ with his purity, his holiness, his sinlessness. He said, here's what happens. I take all my sin and I lay it over here on Jesus. And now he takes my sin and look, and now I am cleansed of it. That's what takes place. Christ takes all our sins on the cross. He bears them and we receive his righteousness. That is known as the happy exchange. We give Christ our sin, he gives us his righteousness. Well, it happens because of God's grace. And what is grace? Well, there's all kinds of definitions of grace. Dictionary says this, the favor and love of God, mercy, pardon, forgiveness, clemency. That's grace. Another understanding of grace, it's unconditional love. Boy, it's pretty hard to find that in this world, but you find it in Jesus, unconditional love. And then there's the acronym, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. And I've heard a few different descriptions of grace I like. One is this, if, you're, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have died for you. That's grace. Or I heard a preacher on TV say this, God is better to you than you are to you. That's grace. Philip Yancey said this, grace comes as it always comes, free of charge with no strings attached. Forgiveness is given on the basis, not given on the basis of my deservedness, forgiveness is given on the magnitude of God's love, said another pastor. Well, Luther said we need to know that our sin, we need to know the medicine for our sin, and then he said this, you must desire and seek the medicine and have it brought to you. Listen again to Paul's words in Romans 3. For we hold that a person is justified, how? By faith, apart from works, 
prescribed by the law. We seek the cure for sin by faith. Paul wrote these words, which are just classic words in our understanding of what this means from Ephesians. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast. Friends, we are all sinners. We all fall short. But God is merciful. And the medicine he gives us is grace that we receive by faith. And we need to desire God. We need to seek God and honestly tell God, as we did this morning in time of confession, that we're sorry for the mess we've made. We're sorry for the good we've neglected to do for others. And God, we need you. We need your grace. And God responds to us with his mercy and grace. And it comes through his word that you heard. And it comes through the sacrament of Holy Communion. Then we receive the body and blood of Christ. We heard those precious words. This is the body of Christ and the blood of Christ given for you. Individually, it's given for you. That forgiveness comes to us personally as we seek it and God responds to us. I'm old enough to remember, and I just look around, I think there's some others old enough to remember too, when the family doctor made house calls. Remember that? They used to do that. And what did that doctor do? He brought medicine to us. We sought him out, we called, and he brought medicine to us. Well, God does that for us. He does that, again, as we hear his word and we receive his forgiveness of the bread and wine, the body and blood of Christ. And that's God's loving cure for the illness of our sin. So on this Reformation Sunday, I think Martin Luther would want us to know a very simple message. There are three things necessary for salvation. You must know what your sickness is. It is sin. And again, look at that short little word and you see that I right in the middle. That helps us understand what sin is. You must know what the medicine is that will cure you. It is grace. God's wonderful grace that he wants to give to us as we trust him in Jesus Christ. He gives us his grace. And you must desire and seek the medicine and have it brought to you. Well, when we trust Jesus Christ, we are seeking him. We're saying, Lord, I can't do it myself. I need your help. I've shared with other people. My father died a couple years ago and he was 90, almost 92 He began every day with a very simple prayer. He would say this, God, I need your help today. And that's what we need to do. Just God, I'm seeking you today. I need your help today. And the medicine of grace is there for you. So dear friends in Christ, seek God, receive his love and forgiveness, and be restored and healed. What a joy it is to be with you this morning. Lynn's over here for both of us to be with you and to see so many familiar and friendly faces, and uh, just to, again, hear that simple Reformation message about God's grace that we can receive by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen.